Greetings, good people of the Arenaverse. You can literally join the conversation by signing up for Intersections. Our next cohort begins February 2022. Space is limited, and we want you to join in one of those virtual seats. Intersections is a safe, non-judgmental, and confidential space to process your journey. You may have just begun asking yourself hard questions that won't go away. You may be seasoned in deconstruction. Wherever you are on the journey, you are wanted and welcome. Conversations are facilitated by us, your Arenacast co-hosts, Bonnie, Casey, Jeff, and this is Rajiv. Our winter 2022 cohort is Thursdays, February 3 through March 10, 7 p.m. Pacific Time on Zoom. Again, space is limited. So register today on our Intersections website, The Intersections, that's one word, The Intersections, dot space, S-P-A-C-E, or use the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are Irenicast, a group of folks leaning into our progressive Christian imagination. I'm Jeff. I'm Bonnie. I'm Casey. And this is Rajiv. On the first and third Tuesday of every month, we provoke conversation for shifting perspectives on theology and culture. Thank you for joining us, and Happy New Year to everyone listening. This is the first episode of 2022. I didn't even know if we would make it this far in history, <laughs> uh, but we did. Um, so we have a great episode today. We have a special guest host, which we're going to get to in a minute, and we're going to be having a conversation about the best way to put it, the generational divide. And our special guest host is Sila Clough, and she has a podcast called The Arriving, which we're going to give her a chance to talk about in just a second. And for our segment, Sila is going to quiz us on some Gen Z slang, which... <laughs> May prove to be <laughs> embarrassing for the rest of us, or we will prove how relevant we really are in the eyes of, <laughs> I mean, podcasting. So we'll see how that, but before that, I want to introduce everyone to Sila. And like I said, she is started a brand new podcast called The Arriving. And uh, Sila, why don't you tell us a little bit about the podcast, why it's important, and uh, a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Jeff. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. So... I'm Sila. I'm a first year at UC Davis. I study sustainable agriculture and food systems. And I just started a podcast recently titled, like Jeff said, The Arriving, a podcast for victims of experience and Gen Z. Miss the Gen Z part. The whole goal of the podcast is to kind of create a challenging in like an intellectually challenging and also just challenging and nurturing space for Gen Z and provide a bunch of resources and try and get some some balls rolling in, in Gen Z's brains, <laughs> kind of, with also like a really intense spotlight on learning from elders, listening to elders, and what they have to say. So that's mm. it's kind of my, my podcast gist, yeah. And can I ask what the 
the motivation for starting yeah. a space like this was? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I actually was asked this for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and I had no idea what to say because I just was like, huh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. But I think it started, the idea started with actually with Rajiv in the pandemic or in the quarantine. My sister and I were staying for the holidays at Bonnie and Rajiv's house. And we were just having like a com- like a sisterly conversation. It was very vivacious and full of arguing <laughs> and stuff. And Rajiv, I don't know if you were being genuine, but you were like, you should just start a podcast because you talk so much and something like that. <laughs> and then Abby and I were like, okay, we will. Like, we will start a podcast. It was entirely halt- heartfelt and sincere. <laughs> so, yeah. So then Abby and I, who's my sister, we started working on this idea And that podcast was going to be more like very political and like talking about policies and stuff, probably because that's what was being talked about at the time. Then she didn't want to do it anymore. So I just kind of from October 2020 to now or to when I started it in probably around October 2021, it just was kind of always in the back of my head and it just developed into what it is now. The motivation is, I guess... I think a lot of the conversations I'm trying to have aren't being had. And it's it, you can see that in the podcasts about Gen Z that are out there. There's only like two or three of them. And they're all like very, there's nothing really substantial. It's not really trying to change anything. It's just like, oh, let's talk about Gen Z fashion and let's talk to a Gen Z entrepreneur. So I guess that motivation is just like, hey, no one's doing this. So let me do it. Just to throw some props your way, one of your recent interviews or your re- most recent episode is with a global expert yeah. on the environment as it relates to food. Mm-hmm. And she was interviewed by Oprah, the New <laughs> yeah. York Times, and like you snagged her. And then like, I'm still, I mean, just buzzing off of this for you, but we're both fans of John Batiste. Oh yeah. And he tweeted <laughs> You know, he did an at, he, he mentioned your podcast and how no, he, he loves didn't. it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. What did he say? He messaged me directly. Oh, he messaged you. And See, he that's said, even more. this podcast is so awesome. And I was like, what? Oh my God. Do you want to be yeah. on it? <laughs> 11 time Grammy yeah. nominee this year. That's insane. Uh, yeah. So good. I mean. It was it, crazy. So yeah. is he going to be on your podcast? You we'll don't know. See. You're waiting to see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll Come on, John. Would, that would be like, I would probably die. I would probably pass away. <laughs> it would be insane. Yeah, but be you're too awesome. young to die, Sila. <laughs> yeah, not literally. That's actually a Gen Z slang. We're already starting mm. the segment. Mm. Yeah. That was actually my latest podcast episode was with Simran Sethi. And then obviously John Batiste. I was super jazzed about that. Let's say that. Yeah. And for those of you listening, I know you're all, please don't leave our show yet. You know, we, <laughs> right. we, we definitely want you to go listen, hey. uh, but we will put a link to the arriving in the show notes. And for those of you that may be, you know, uh, typing in right now, your uh, podcasting app, the arriving, there's no space between those two words when you're searching no. for it. So is there is there a reason for that? I was actually going to say, okay. if you want like a little Easter egg about my podcast. So I was trying to think of a name. A, a little what? Easter egg. Okay. What did you think? Is I that said? a slang term for yeah, I mean, the quiz? That's not even a Gen Z one. That's no, like that's, oh, really? That's just normal that's like decades life. old. Rajiv. Yeah. You're, oh. Disney does it all the time. It's like made by Disney, but whatever. Okay, sorry. Anyway, no, I even never knew mind. That. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> um, she said I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so the I was trying to think of a name. I was having a really difficult time 
trying to finalize what name I wanted to do. And I was just trying to like, I guess my method for trying to figure out a name was just kind of like free association, like just thinking of words and like, okay, then we can go from there. And one of the words I thought of was thriving, which is, it's also so many Gen Z slang already, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, people will say like, oh yes, like we're, we're thriving, we're living our best life. And that's part of the goal is to like get people to actually thrive in in different aspects of life. So I was thinking like thriving and then it was like the arriving and that has another meaning to it. So I guess it's a double meaning, but that's why. That's why. Nice. So when you are searching for it, make sure you don't put in that space yes. so that you can find it or just go to our show notes and we'll give you the link for that. Uh, again, Sila, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation because mm-hmm. we have uh, multiple generations represented already on the show and then bringing in a new voice I think is going to be good. So let's let's start this generational divide conversation with each providing our, instead of our name and pronoun, we'll do our name and the generation that we have been assigned at birth. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey, we'll start with you since I'm we're going to go counterclockwise. Uh, well, you all know me. I'm Casey, and I was born in 1986, and so I am a millennial. I'm Rajiv. I graduated high school in 1986. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in 1968, so I'm a, a senior member of Gen X, the greatest generation, the real greatest generation. <laughs> We're keeping it together, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bonnie, and I was born in 1969, so I'm always younger than Rajiv, and I guess I would also be a senior member of the Gen X tribe. Well, I'm Sila, and I was born in 2002, so I'm kind of like right in the middle of Gen Z. So right in the, right in the heart of it. Right in the heart. There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, I, I'm Jeff, and I was born in 1979, and I that puts me Gen X. And then in some, it puts me in, the new one is Exil, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Like that middle ground between X-Enial. millennial and Xennial. Yeah. But I I more relate to Gen X, but. Yeah, you're totally. Just for X. the sake of. <laughs> yeah. Providing some <laughs> diversity, I'll go with that middle one. And then. You see, Casey just stiff armed you. He's like, <laughs> get out of my lane. <laughs> Do you hate it? He's a four. He wants to be the only millennial on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that, Casey, because I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, being we, we had a conversation and and being the first of the year, we always look towards the future. And one of the things I think we came up in our conversation off air is that the future looks differently depending mm-hmm. upon what generation you come from. And as a kind of we think about the future, we also you know, rely on the past and past events. And I feel like each of our generations have had certain markers that kind of define mm-hmm. that, whether it's historical events or or even music or personalities or or whatever. Um, so to kind of get the ball rolling, uh, you know, what what are some of the things that you feel define events that define your your generation, how you grew up, how you view the world? 9-11 was a huge shift for my generation. Um, That was in George Bush's first term. And, you know, the arriving of the internet, right? Uh, Like dial-up computers and homes actually having access to the internet, I think is something that my generation was, we sort of received in that way. 
And so I think those are defining markers. Barack Obama, right? I mean, these are all things that we grew up in this time of the internet sort of arriving in homes, 9-11, and a shift, I think. I think for um, from my experience as a Gen X person, we were we were kids during near the end of the Cold War. And so we still like it was waning for sure, but we still have the experience of being like really vividly aware that there were enough nuclear bombs to destroy the earth like seven times over. By now, it's probably 20 times. Who knows? We don't know what's going on. But and then always feeling like, you know, that could happen to us at any moment. We could just be annihilated. I think some Gen X, whatever you call it, cr- cr- what's the word for the people who study generations, but those theorists have have often said that Gen X are kind of the spoiled generation, very materialistic, sort of hedonistic, you know, all about what can I get in this moment? And for sure, I remember feeling like the mall was the place you went. That's like where you dealt with all of your depression and anxiety. You just bought stuff and you use credit cards to buy stuff because our, well, our parents weren't often around and they, you know, we had, we, many of us came from maybe two income households for the first time because our parents' parents, they, one, the dad was working and the mom stayed home. And our parents, that wasn't so true. Both parents were working. So they just like, you know, passed the, the credit card on to the kids and the kids went to the mall. Those are the things that I remember. And then another theorist I remember said too, we were the generation that sort of brought the tattoos into like more mainline acceptance, I guess. And and I remember one theorist reading about one theorist who said, well, that's because we didn't have, we didn't go to war. And so we didn't have like actual experience. So we needed the experience of having needles in our skin to have the experience of like, look, I'm alive. I have, I've had experience rather than scars that you might get in other ways, like going to war. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Except lots of soldiers got tattoos too. So. No, I know, but I'm just saying that, you know, the the boomers went to war. They had yep. Vietnam and then millennials, many of them went to Iraq. Yeah. Gen X were sort of wedged between these these two wars. Mm-hmm. Well, we had hippie parents, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we were just rebellious. We were like, yeah. What did you say we, what did you say we can't do? Okay, then let's go do that. Um Thinking about like milestone events, I'm I'm a political animal, have always have been. So I remember Geraldine Ferraro being the first woman nominated to the vice presidency of a major ticket, uh, Walter Mondale being the presidential candidate, and that ticket going down in flames. They, they only won his home state of Minnesota, which oh, is tragic. But I mean, seeing that moment, watching her accepting the nomination on TV was just a big deal because it was pretty exciting in my home and community. And now having the first woman vice president, it's kind of neat to see that happen. Also someone who coincidentally has a Tamil mother, just like I do. And then the challenger explosion. I remember that being like really searing, a like a, Whoa, you know, NASA screwed up. Like, how does that happen? 
So that was kind of unnerving. And you know, Bonnie talked about the the Russians, basically the Cold War, and we grew up in the D.C. area. We did air raid drills, so that was different than a fire drill because that was like the thing in the hallway. The air raid drill was this huge siren, like in the community somewhere. And when it went off, we all dove under our desks. Like we grabbed the legs of our desks to keep them as in place. The, as if that right. was going to save you from a nuclear right. bomb. You right. know, you, we might live the blast. Yeah, but that's But then you've got the radiation so and whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's you like know. Everybody rolled their eyes as they dove onto their right. desk. You know? And then, you know, our generation also created Fishbone with songs like Party <laughs> at Ground Zero and stuff like that as a way to cope with that existential angst. And then also, again, back to the political animal thing, the assassination assassination attempt on President Reagan at the time in my high school. I was in high school. No, I was in, in uh, middle school. And like people being really happy about that and being conflicted because, I mean, there was, you know, it was such a racist administration and being in a minority dominant school and community. It was painful to see someone like that get elected. And then bizarre to have people actually sort of cheering an assassination attempt was very, very strange. But those are those are some big ones that stand out. And then the fall of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. in college. I remember hearing about it, the news breaking. I was at soccer practice and one of our fellow players, we had this international team. One of our the fellow players was from Germany and him just like going nuts with joy. Like this guy was the most stern, <laughs> kind of mean guy, and just going loopy when he heard the news. And we all huddled around cars because we didn't have phones. We were listening on car radios. So that's interesting, like being a later yeah. Gen Xer. Yeah. Those things, like I, I sort of remember the Challenger explosion. I remember my second grade teacher crying. And then they, you know, showed the explosion and stuff like that. Um, they but, showed you the explosion. Yeah, we were all yeah, watching it because it, it was like the first teacher yeah. in space. It was it was oh. a Gen big baby, deal. Man. It was a big deal for elementary. Like <laughs> yeah. we being in all. elementary school, they had they broadcast it live. Like we watched everything. Yeah. Um, but what stands out to me is Columbine, and yeah. being that being a defining marker, and not only that the Columbine itself, but what Columbine started in terms of. Uh, an attack on expression, you know, like it's the music's fault. It's video games fault. It's movies fault. And seeing that almost that conversation, not obviously with recent events, not having really ended all that much and, and Columbine being that really high profile school shooting uh, and an unfortunate long line of all of them. And then how that expressed to a generation, you know, X was, was, it was, you know, well, the anti-establishment part of it. And how threatened the establishment seemed uh, by a lot of uh, music and media that was coming out in the late '80s and, and early to mid '90s. The, the, even the, the 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 media turned the tide after that, right? So you had like after Columbine, you had kind of the restoring of like the bubblegum pop and the girl groups and the guy groups, and how it started being a little bit more like safe. And uh, yeah, so I just think like that to me, seems like the most significant moment in terms of defining a gen- gen- our generation. Um, Sila, what about what about you? <laughs> There's lots to choose from, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, there's so many major defining moments that come to mind. I guess I'll start with like Trump presidency. 
the rise of school shootings, pandemic, the insurrection on January 6th, the advances in technology, like just social media. I think there's a lot of major defining events or major, major defining moments that come with social media. Now there's like little two-year-olds are walking around and they're kind of like for-profit advertisement bags, I guess. And that's how they're seen by corporations. I'm sure I'm missing a lot. I think that maybe you were to ask other Gen Z, a lot of people would say a lot of pop culture stuff because that's really important to a lot of us. Um, But I'm not going to go there. So there's a lot of that. And uh, I mean, during the pandemic, there was, you know, Black Lives Matter marches. That was really major. Anti-vax marches. And I think, I mean, like you said, Columbine. So I guess you could get even specific with school shootings and say like specific ones like Sandy Hook and one that just happened recently at Oxford High. And Florida. Yeah. When I think of your generation of Gen Z, I think of those young people in Florida who, yeah. who stood up uh, again to Marco Rubio in a town hall. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Yeah, that where those young people mm-hmm. went to that town hall and demanded he do something. Mm-hmm. Like that was a moment that I was really proud of Gen Z because mm-hmm. this question that you said earlier about nobody's doing this, so why not me? Yeah. I think your generation embodies that in a mm-hmm. way that no generation has. Totally. Totally. Because yeah. we all suck. That's why. Because we're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me think of climate change. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was waiting. I was like, I'm totally going to talk about that. But I was waiting until because obviously, like, I'm a sustainable agriculture major. So I think about that a lot. Um, yeah. Climate change and like the fact that we grew up 10 to 20 years away from the point where, you know, it's it's irreversible. It's like we're doomed <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, that's it's so big. That one is so big. I think that's a good like transition point to yeah. kind of talk about like how each of our generations viewed the future cuz you know, for us or, or for me, the future was like it was the beginning of Earth Day. So it was just kind of like if you recycle everything's going to be fine. So mm-hmm. it was, there's this underlining like just just general hope. Like the only thing your future you were worried about is your kids and your career like that to me when i think back to being a young adult and then being an evangelical church it was you know god's will (laughs) so those were the three things when you thought about the future and it was generally like a hopeful thing i don't know about everyone else's generation but you know but the the future was always something that was pliable you know i i grew up my you know my future guru was doc brown you know the future is what you make it (laughs) when i watch back to the future and that really stuck with me because it was always like well there's certain things that will repeat itself but if you're mindful and you move forward so i mean (laughs) i want to go straight to you yeah like (laughs) how does that contrast to how you and you feel like a, a good portion of your generation view the future um I think the simple way to say it is we view it with like no hope at all. We just view it for how it is. A lot of us that are actually thinking about like what our kids' futures will be like, we're wondering if we're even going to have kids or like career wise. There's just, I don't know, there's changes in career stuff too. A lot of Gen Z detest nine to five jobs. So there's just like, that like okay if i don't want to do this and i don't want to work in a corporation then how am i gonna survive but i so i think that's the simple way but i think to add a little complexity i think that gen z for the most part doesn't think about the future 
I think they numb themselves and I think they think about what could be. They idealize so much and it's like, and then you just get paralyzed and you can't do anything. There's no progress if you're in that mindset. And it's really lonely because you're just, you know, like, and I think a lot of them use social media to do that. You just go on social media. Yeah. Numb yourself like for pretty much your most of your life because it's just so hard to think about to think about these major life decisions that you're going to have to make regarding your children or not having children or like this kind of stuff because of the future and because of how it is. That's what comes to mind. My my therapist uh, recently was saying that that social media is actually they're beginning to classify it as self harm. Yeah, uh, because what you are doing is you you basically are finding TikToks or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and you're watching someone express an emotion that you refuse to engage with. Yeah, or you you know you wish you had this life, and instead of seeking your own life, you are fantasizing about a life that is not yours. Exactly. And so there are therapists who are now classifying some people's relationship to social media as self harm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So when you well, say that, yeah. you know that there is this numbing effect. I hear that, and research has proven that. Sure. Yeah, and I and I also think the some of the hopelessness comes from feeling neglected and i think that some of those feelings are just you know maybe they're just because we're at this age and we're already being like oh i'm so alone like no one cares about me so if you if you have those like an adolescence i guess with social media it's so different and then there's also like you look at the world and you look at these companies and like keep saying corporations but you look at these corporations and how they like blatantly don't care about you and they're just using you to make money and they know that they're harming Generation Z, but they don't care. Um, So there's that. And then there's also like, yeah, you're looking at your parents and you're like all the people that are adults in your life and you're like, why didn't you do anything about the climate crisis? I think Gen Z has to reckon with so much feeling, so many feelings and so much anger and just sadness and grief to actually live their lives and they just rather not because because maybe they don't have the tools or whatever but i think so many are just like in a paralysis of existence that is so i don't have a word is there is there a word that is a mix between like <laughs> sad and interesting like I, yeah. I just yeah i feel like i i wonder when you say like that isolation is is part of that a feeling of being dismissed or not having a place where your voice is taken seriously or in abandoned. our cultural context yeah i think all of the abandoned above. by uh-huh. i mean i just i want to just say like as a member of gen x that you're right i mean those to me those feelings feel really valid because it's true it's coming from a place of truth that Gen Z has been given over to climate crisis and to corporatism. And it's like, I can't think of anything more heart-wrenching, honestly. And I think that your generation is owed a huge apology, and not just an apology in a sense of like, we're so sorry, but also like, there's some restorative justice that needs to happen yeah, that that the previous generations, anyone who's older than a Gen Z person, needs to make this right. Yeah, 
Because if there's anything that that we need to be about together collectively, it's bringing up our young people. Exactly. And that didn't happen in the way that it should have. Yeah. And it's not yeah. happening because you're, you're on, what, where are you? You're like smack in the middle. Yep. So about half of the generation is younger than you. They're in high school mm-hmm. and maybe even older middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're still coming up. Yeah. And I also want to mention really quick that the alternative to, you know, just accepting whatever and just like being in that paralysis state, the alternative to that is like, I don't know, you could, for example, like you could talk about Greta Thunberg. Like yeah. she's, she's working so hard and she's amazing. But the way I see it, like she's doing great work, but there's a robbery there of mm-hmm. her childhood and like yeah. people should be doing that for her. And there's like the responsibility. I, I mean, I hate it because like I actually was just watching this um, ad like I don't know, I was watching Hulu or something. And there's this advertisement with this little kid like four years old saying like a motivational speech. And it was like an Amazon ad. And I got really mad at that because there's so much of that. And I'm like, why is why are you forcing this little kid to tell you this and say, oh, this is so inspirational when you need to be doing that to them? Like then they're they're going to grow up and be like, these are just words because they were never reciprocated. So they don't mean anything. So I think that we, you know, we say, oh, these these Gen Z heroes are like so inspirational, but there's also just such a loss there. And it feels really dismissive to for elders to just say that and just be like, oh, you're so you're so great. Yeah. Well, the truth is there are very few elders. I mean, that's yeah. the fact. There yes. are a lot of there are a lot yes. of people who are older, but they are not elders, right? And I think that that's the thing that your generation um, is looking around. That's what why I wrote this down and said it earlier, Sila, that I feel like it is in the nature of Gen Z to say, well, nobody else is doing this. Yeah. Gun control, climate change, Black Lives Matter. I mean, all of these things. Nobody else is doing this, so I guess I'll have to do it. Right. I mean, and you shouldn't have to. There should have been elders and adults who uh, who would forsake their profit for the sake of saving the world and chose profit over people. Right. Um, And a variety of other things. But I think that that is something that I both uh, feel bad, like Bonnie was saying. I feel sad about that. And I admire about your generation, because if there's anybody who's actually going to save the damn world, it might be Gen Z, um, because you have to for the sake of your own future, as we're talking about, because otherwise you may not have one. And that is sad as hell. I'm not obviously a, you know, whatever generational scholar or anything like that, but I'm listening to this conversation. I'm talking, and and first of all, it's so important for those of us that are not in Gen Z to hear that compliments can be dismissive, right? Like to, to say to someone, you can change the future that, that you're actually transferring a burden and a responsibility that you had. And when I look at, and again, this is anecdotal, so feel free listeners or anyone here at this table to push back at me. In, in my experience, that the, the, the growth of our country, our culture, was stunted by the boomer generation. Because number one, the wealth disparity that's been hoarded by that particular generation and the power disparity in terms of how many people we have in power that are still in that generation or even later Gen X, and again, wherever that line is. And then also this perceived, and going to a little bit, Casey, what you were saying, this perceived... I don't know. It reminds me of like 
like a like a kingdom or you know the pope kiss my ring kind of thing where it's like we we're the kids of the greatest generation. You know, we have all the wealth. We have this power. So, you know, kiss my ring. And, you know, you should – this younger generation, they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. And they almost project their entitlement onto every generation below them. And I feel like to a certain extent, Gen, H, Gen X was abandoned because, you know, we were the latchkey generation, right? Like we were abandoned economically because our parents had to work and we were just kind of there to fend for ourselves and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think to a certain amount, the, the millennials were because they were the punching bag for decade of like everything wrong with our country, all this kind of stuff. And now Gen Z, you're having that same thing, especially with our, and it's a lot of times surrounded around economics. Like you were talking earlier about, Celia, you were talking about the you know, the career and job and all yeah. kinds of stuff. You got to hustle. You got to, mm-hmm. you got to have all these income streams. And I look at it as kind of an inspiration because it's, it's an opportunity to kind of challenge the systems that we have, but it's also an indictment of the system that made people get into that place where they have yeah. to like hustle all these different branches. Yeah. And to that, I, I really want to add like, cause you mentioned that like Xers were like kind of like latchkey kids. I, it's been said, I don't know who said it, but that Gen Z are like latchkey kids too, but the parents, they didn't have to go. It was by choice. They just gave them phones, gave their kids phones. Oh, that's and interesting. was like, mm-hmm. and and then they didn't really parent them. They just let, they just Hit let them. An iPad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go play on the iPad and receive all this implicit information that you'll like, it's going to stay in your brain. And at like such a formative age, it's going to change you forever. Like being on social media and seeing that like oh my parents could have been more present but they decided not to and they decided just to give me a cell phone like there's a lot of pain in that too or they did or they made me this little kid they made me say all this motivational stuff for views or they like or they just had me for views and did like a birth vlog and like it's just like you can feel so shitty when you actually start thinking about these things and I think that's why a lot of people don't. Hmm. Part of what comes to mind initially is anybody who's listening to this that's feeling any resentment or defensiveness around stuff that CeeLo or the rest of us have said in defense of Gen Z, you better check yourself and do some introspection because it is not helpful. Casey and CeeLo have already said, our kids need to be kids. And we need to shoulder the responsibility of facing the monsters and gently guiding the kids to stand a little behind us, learn as they need to learn. But we keep pushing them out in front of us, you know, to fight these demons and demons that we've just fed and coddled. And until we step up and recognize that, yes, we do have a lot to learn from Gen Z it doesn't mean we push them out front That's into the right. line of fire. We listen. We can be informed. We need to put ourselves out there to fight these battles so our kids can be kids. Yeah. Because without childhoods, you Come know, on. the future is really bleak. Yeah. And I think, too, that I think uh, Casey said this before. Sila, somebody said we don't have el- – I think it was you, Casey. We, we don't have any elders in the room. And what we have in the room, I think, are our adolescents who are still bemoaning their growing up years. Like, oh, we, this was so hard for us. And we're like 50. It's not a matter of getting over it. 
because you don't get over hard things. What you do is you go into the hard spaces, you sit there, you pay attention, you learn, you heal, you heal, and then they give you wisdom that then you can take into your becoming an elder. I got this really beautiful insight from Clarissa Estes is her name, and she's, she's doing this series, it's on Audible, on how to become a dangerous old woman. I think I've said before, I'm in that menopause moment. So I want to know how to become a dangerous old woman. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, and in that, and she's describing danger, not as in dangerous um, in the more, you know, like common ter- way of using the, ter- the term, but in the old ancient way of using that word, which is you, you create a sheltering space so that the young are protected and anyone who comes near that space of shelter, you're dangerous to. Oh, yeah. And then the young get to grow up under your danger. That's how the, that's how the ancient word was meant to be used. Like, I mean, Sila, I'm so glad you're here and that you're willing to be so open about your experience because by doing so, it it hopefully, you know, it's like, it's calling those of us who are older than you, the generations that are older than you, to like become the elders. Yep, show up. Show up. You know, they're in developmental theory, we're meant to not have to shoulder the full-on force of the negativity of the world until we're 35 years old. Mm. <laughs> so the fact that you all have had to do it since you were like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Is just so wrong. Yeah, I mean, think about this. Think of, we literally have said to children that we would choose our guns over their lives. Yeah, that we would rather have police in schools and children wearing clear backpacks or bulletproof backpacks and teach our teachers how to use weapons than solve our problem. Mm-hmm. Our young people have had to live with that. Or we want our Facebook over their mental health. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And, and, and adding to that, Rajiv, something that you were saying that I think is important, a part of history that um, that I don't want us to walk away from that is connected to this conversation is the AIDS epidemic mm. and the gay marriage. All of these right. things have happened, right? And the, and the men who, who survived the AIDS epidemic struggle with this idea of sort of Neverland syndrome, that we survived, we survived, our friends died, and mm. therefore we never have to grow up. Right. And I feel like we are in a collective moment with some of that where we think that we have had it so damn hard that we never want to grow up. And so we look at a generation of young people who are at the verge of not having a future and are having to fight for their lives. And we're saying good on you. That does not make sense to me. And I think it's important for us to say, as you were saying, Rajiv, we have to we have to step in as Bonnie's inviting us to become the danger, the danger space, because the reality is like our bodies need to be on the line. We need to show up in spaces. You just because you post on Facebook your feelings does not mean you're doing anything. I have a friend who literally is always like, I've been fighting the good fight. I'm like, girl, I protest all the time. The only thing I see you doing is posting on Facebook. That is 
just not how we solve problems. Like, and I think that we are in a collective moment where we have to get away from Facebook and actually show up and be present to the, to the problem and make a solution. I think it's important. Sela, how, how do you like speaking as Sela? And then if you can speaking as a member of generation C, which I know is putting you totally on the spot, but you mentioned that like thrive is sort of a buzzword or Mm -hmm. is it a buzzword? It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so Sila from Sila's wisdom place, like how, what is thriving to you? And then what do you think your generation means when they say thrive? That they're thriving yeah. or whatever. Well, it's very different. Um, I think for me it's maybe not a permanent state of being, but it's a very it's not very it's not like a quick moment where you're like eating an ice cream and you're like, oh, I'm thriving. Like, no, it's like, yeah, it's it's it requires work and it requires a lot of like real self-work and acknowledgement of how things are. And then once you do that, you can you can say, now what can I do? And that's then you can thrive from there. But for Gen Z, I think the majority would say or how it's used is like, like I said, it's usually used with like living my best life. And that's like going to Hawaii or something like it's very. Yes, exactly. So it's it's very much like, you know, it's it's going to be over. YOLO for the millennials. Yeah. 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 Treat yourself. Yes. But so, yeah, that's that's what I would say. And. I just want to add on to what Casey said previously, where you you brought up that like, you know, older people are saying like, yeah, good on you to younger people. I just want to say like, that's kind of the best of you guys. Like the other other people say like, you know, you're you're just either making this all up or you're like, I had it so much worse. And there's a reason that the phrase, OK, boomer was created and. I think that's that's it. It's like it's just like I don't even know what to say to you right now because you want to talk to me about how you had to walk in the snow for like a mile to get to school. And now there is no snow. Now there's no (laughs) snow. And there's yeah, there's like now I'm having to worry about all this other stuff because you couldn't get over walking in snow like it's yeah. Yeah, I I think where I see a lot of hope is actually with with some millennials and Z in that there is a a push against materialism. The whole casual dining industry is crumbling because these two generations are like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. You had a couple that are hanging in there, but for the most part, they're, they're dying. I mean, a lot of the big box stores, you know, you get a few of the discount people that are still hanging in there, but, and, and the other part, like around housing, people are sharing space. They're open to intergenerational living. There's all this cooperation, people going in on doing the food. I mean, it's just like, how much space do I need to be happy? Rather than like, I need a castle. It's like, yeah, I can live with four friends and make this work. But Sila, do you think that that's out of necessity or do you think that that's a part of a part of your being? Because I think that honestly, I you know, my husband and I had the great fortune of buying a house, right? Right at a time when when you could still buy a house. I bet you that the percentage of Gen Z folks who own a home will be slim. 
And so do you think that that cooperation, I mean, I do, I do see the benefits of that, but I also wonder if that's also out of necessity. Yeah. Well, I first off want to say that I know a lot more people that don't do that than do. And I know a lot more people that are um, not even in that mindset. They're just totally like, yeah, I'm just going to be like, they're like not even thinking about where they want to live. Some are in middle school. Some are in middle school. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I said these are millennials and Z. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I guess millennials are doing it, but um, I, yeah. And I think it is out of necessity. And I think it's also a lot of it's out of spite too. It's just like, you know, yeah. What I heard you say earlier, Sila, though, is that um, Gen Z is, is lonely. Yeah. Definitely. So that doesn't sound to me. That sounds like not really cooperation and yeah, collaborative living and all of that. That sounds like isolated. And the reason that casual dining is dying is because people are just door dashing and eating at home by themselves. Most definitely. Yeah. And I and I think that. Yeah, a lot of like there's an extreme. I think we're talking about one of the extreme sides of Gen Z where, you know, there's there's some people that are trying to get it together. They're thinking about all this stuff. They're realizing kind of like the Greta Thunbergs of Gen Z. And then there's another extreme on the other side where people literally like play video games and are on social media for like 19 hours a day. And live at home. Yeah. And I know like three people like that. Like it's not super rare. Yeah. And live at home and they don't even know how to talk to their own family. If you look at social media, there's millions of posts where they're just like yeah i only see my family make a joke about it but they're like yeah the, i only see my family when i'm like going to get food in the kitchen like there's no conversations at all let alone let alone like good or bad ones just from what i know a lot of the gen z's that you guys are exposed to lean towards the other extreme like the greta thunbergs but maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm not gonna say that anyways I, yeah. I gotta say, like, I'm starting to get like the shakes a little bit over I, here, I, I <laughs> just because, like, I'm thinking, you know, you're expressing this this deep hopelessness for a generation, and I have my kids are like eight, <laughs> and mm, I'm thinking, like, yeah. so they're that whatever the next generation is mm-hmm. going to be coined, yep. uh, and Generation Z, it seems so final, like, y- even the, the the label that you've been given <laughs> feels yeah. so hopeless, and I'm just like, gosh, yeah. what are we, and and I and I'm wondering, like. <sighs> Are Gen Zs primarily parented by millennials? And if that's the case, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, they only talk to their parents when they go. And earlier you're talking about, you know, giving them an iPad and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this this whole emphasis on screen time with kids. And and I've seen that myself. You know, my wife and I had these conversations before we had kids, like, you know, screen time and all that kind of stuff. And you can't avoid it. But you can, you know, still use that as an opportunity to interact as opposed to distract. And, I, and I'm just wondering, like, I'm not wondering. I'm just expressing out loud, like, how sad I feel <laughs> for for the, the like, just sitting here and talking to you face-to-face and, and seeing a manifestation of these things that I noticed. Because my primary you know, career was as a youth minister to millennials. That was the the main generation that I worked with when I was doing that. And uh, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You really have a point, but it's, or I don't know where, what direction I'm headed, but I'm just wondering, like, you know, we're, we're, I feel like we're grasping at these things. Well, there's this to hope for and there's this to hope <laughs> for. And, and maybe, you know, learning to just sit with that hopelessness with you for a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> before mm-hmm. saying, this is what's good about you. And this is what, you know, what your generation can do to change the world. Cause I mean, no doubt you're changing the world. And unfortunately we put you in a position where you have to, because if you don't, then things stay the same and, mm-hmm. and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think a really good song to recommend to anyone that's older than Gen Z and Gen Z too is Making Do by Lake Street Dive. It's totally just, I don't, I think they're like maybe young Xers, old millennials, but they wrote this song about what Gen Z is going through from their perspective. And it's like, they totally do it. They totally like hold the hopelessness and in a really, you know, intense, intense way. It's a really good song. So you should all listen to it. You're making me think of a story in the Bible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Such a Gen X. That's a punchline. <laughs> and and um yeah, the hopelessness. Like I think holding the hopelessness, I mean, boom I well, I shouldn't throw boomers under the bus because you know, right. Right as soon as we say, okay, boomer, it's going to be, okay, Xer, it's coming. Uh, and it'll yeah. be, it'll be earned, it'll be an earned, okay, Xer. So we won't care, though. Well, that's, that'll be on us, because we should, we should have cared a lot more all along, and we wouldn't be where we are. Uh, okay. But, um, it, it's it, the story of, of, of Jonah mm. and Nineveh, and how, like, he, yeah. he doesn't want to go. Right. And God's like, I'm going to destroy that place because totally. they're they They messed up so bad. They're not bringing up their young people. Right. They've totally screwed up. So you got to go tell them that they've screwed up. And so Jonah's like, all right, I'll tell him. Finally, after being spit out by the whale, he's like, I'll go tell him. And he tells him. And then he's like, the only good thing about coming here is I get to watch the city burn. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> totally and so like he was like so ready to just be like see what sit happens under his tree. right uh-huh. sit under his tree and 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 sit in the hopelessness but what happens when a whole community sits in this hopelessness together things turn yeah you know they turned and then they ended up finding out afterwards what thriving really looks like, maybe. And I, I wonder if there's some lessons in that ancient story for this moment. Because you're not the youngest generation on the planet anymore. There are younger ones coming up after you. And so at some point, we have to be able to, and we're all going to be alive to see these younger ones come up, all of us who are sitting here at this table, we have to be able to to really like sit with you and see the future in your eyes mm-hmm. and then create that danger space <laughs> to cover and shelter and hold the younger ones with you, you know, hold these younger ones that are coming up after you so that we can turn from the hopelessness to to a future, a future with hope. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be parents soon You're gonna, too yeah. i mean some of us already are but yeah mm-hmm. and then there's that whole thing yeah leave it to bonnie to round this off with the bible <laughs> uh. well i mean i could 
have this conversation all day uh, <laughs> and then just move in waves of hope and hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, see any any final words? I want to kind of give you the 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 space to you know maybe maybe this is a good question to end on and and just for you and we'll shut our mouth. Um, how can us in older generations hold space with you. Yeah. Um, well, part of me, honestly, is if I'm like speaking from the pain that I think Gen Z collectively experience, part of me is a little upset by that question. Cause it's like, why don't you guys just figure it out on your own? Like we have so much stuff that we're trying to do like, especially right now, like with the pandemic and it's like, yeah, like I, a lot of people my age that I know and me, including um, myself, just like missed out on so many high school moments. And now we're entering the real world. And it's just like, I don't have time to tell you what you need to do. <laughs> but um, I think that what's most important is to just if you care about your kids and the kids in your life, then show them and don't just like go along with what our culture is, is doing and how they're treating our kids and maybe just tell them like literally like explicitly just say like, I don't think that you are only a for-profit advertisement bag of organs. Like just say that, like just say, I think you, there's a lot more to you than that. Because then they'll be like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, because and just literally like that kind of thing. What comes to mind, what kept coming to mind in the conversation was this episode of Rick and Morty, mm -hmm. which is a great show. But um, great show. one of the episodes is like Rick, who's like really old. He like goes into this teenager body that he creates. It's like a science. Anyways, uh, the part is like he's this teenager and he's like right like writing all these songs and all the songs are like, like, I'm begging for help. Like I need help right now. And then people are like, oh, it sounds like, you know, are you okay? And he's like, oh no, I'm fine. Like I'm just, I'm just living my life. I think that that's totally what Gen Z is doing. And they're using social media to do that. And I think that what older people can do is to just yeah acknowledge that internally and also to the to the kids in your life and go from there well, i think so much of what was just and this is probably a whole other episode on its own but so much of what's been described is really a failure of parenting yeah. um you know we as adults should be like you know what kids we got this go out and play go find some sticks dig up some earthworms Go play. We're not get. We're not given that permission to be a kid, and you kind of need that. You need structure, and yeah. we don't really have it. <laughs> yeah, engagement, structure, developmentally appropriate presence. accountability. Yes, you know chores you contribute, mm -hmm. but not the weight of the world and securing the future from, <laughs> you know, damnation. Yeah. That yeah. that's no. The, not in the job description. No, not not <laughs> when you're 18. Yeah, yeah, and and that means then that you say no, you can't do that. You're you're not. This is this is too much for you to handle right now. Totally, so I'm taking that out of your hands. Yeah, it's definitely not doing whatever they want you to do. Right, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just got a lot going in my head. Um, I love that. 
first part of your answer. Mm-hmm. So shut up, figure it out. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you listening, let us know what you think. Uh, if you would like to add your voice to this particular conversation, you can comment in the show notes at arenacast.com slash 193. Uh, in the show notes, you'll find relevant links and a complete list of all the ways to add your voice to this conversation. That's arenacast.com slash 193. And also, don't forget, in the show notes, we will put a link to Seela's podcast. I'm sure she has some great episodes to come, and she's already had some good episodes as well. And if you haven't already, please consider joining our email list. Uh, joining our email list is the best way to uh, keep up to date on all things Irenicast. Uh, so on the other side of the music, we are going to be quizzed by Sila uh, on some current slang, and we'll 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 separate the wheat from the <laughs> the chaff, so to speak, in terms of how relevant we are paying attention to the culture. So uh, look forward to that on the other side of the music. We are on the other side of the music. Sela, the floor is yours. School us in some yes. uh, modern terminology. <laughs> okay. So this this one I'm going to start out pretty easy. What does yeet mean? I will spell it and then I can also like pronounce it in the way that it's usually pronounced, which is like very deep. It's like yeet like that. That's how it's usually said. <laughs> Yeet is like, yeah, right? It's like, I hear, uh, in, in my head, it's like, yeet, yeet. I'm not going to answer until so. everyone else like, says something. Like, whoop, whoop? Is that <laughs> it's like a what, what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have hmm. no idea. I, I mean, I, that my first instinct was something like that, too. Just kind of like a, like a yes, like a cheer or something. Uh, my only context is that my kids have been saying this one in particular, and... I have a sense that they're not using it right <laughs> because they're, they're eight and I think they're just picking it up, but they use it in the context of like, yeah, like an, like an exuberance, like a, like a, not a, yeah, but just more of like a, well, they, they, they say it when they throw things at me. So <laughs> I mean, I, there's, a, there's some sort of physicality to it. Uh, like a, like a, like a grunt when you throw something real hard. Um, I'm going to go with that. I don't know if that's a <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go? You got a guess, Rajiv. You can't just say, I don't know. I thought you were going to gotta... be super good at this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That's why you were like, oh, I'm going to be so good. I know. I mean, it's it's like I'm starting to realize like the failure of parenting <laughs> is translating into some of the slang, too. <laughs> like, yeet. Oh, my God. I don't know. I seriously don't know. To me, it just sounds like, I don't know, just a grunt. You're all wrong except Jeff. Jeff is right. Yes. It's a verb that's used when you throw something. So it started with like, um, started when I was in middle school. And when people would throw like little pieces of paper into the trash can, they would say yeet. And then now it's like a verb where you could say like, like I yeeted myself, which is just like you kind of freak out for a second. Or like you, I yeeted this jacket. It means you threw it across the room. So freaking out and getting thrown has the same word well yeah it's it like you if you yourself, eat yourself right? then it's like a figurative like, oh, like you're just you're throwing, throwing yourself, yourself. Across the room. yeah uh-huh mm. yep that's what it means good so, i'm glad to know that thank you Stila. yes you're welcome let's move on 
to Please, let's. <laughs> simp. <laughs> S-I-M-P. Isn't that just short for simple? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. It's submissive. So like you're you're simp, so you're I don't know, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, but like <laughs> you uh almost like a fanboy or another boy that starts with an F, like you're just kinda you 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 you're submitting to you're you're uh, you know you're the ultimate fan of someone and you're always going to not even necessarily someone but anyway you're just submissive that's the best way i can describe it what jeff said what casey said (laughs) (laughs) but when i when you first said i was like like a simpleton uh somebody that can't think for themselves Mm. my understanding is that it it's less to do with how smart you are but it's how like you know, you just, you're passive. Yeah. You allow yourself that was to the word I was over. Is passive. Yeah. Simpleton. That's kind of it. Um, Hold on. Bonnie hasn't guessed. Has yes, she? she did. Oh, I said did? simple. I'm just going to oh, go first simple. and just like do my best. Uh, <laughs> it's, I wouldn't really say that's it. I think there's, when I was like making this list, I realized there's a bunch of like sexist slang in Gen Z. And I would say this is a pretty sexist one because it came from like, like if you're simping over someone and it came from like a boy simping over a girl, then you're just like valuing them. Like it it was kind of like a bro term and the, like the bros would be like, Oh, like like, sympathetic. No, I mean, I don't know where it comes from, but it's just like, oh, like you'd rather spend time with your girlfriend than us. So, so like the equivalent simping. of when we said we're whipped. Maybe. I don't know what that means, but. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. You're simping. Say it again, Sila. Like it, it, the originate, like it, the origin like of it. Like pining over. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like an intense, like. Longing for. It's just like falling in love, but you're, you're kind of, there's some, sub. Yeah, because I hear it's like you're on. a simp. You'll hear you'll hear Gen Z say you're such a simp. Yeah, we would say whipped. Like would you say when, is it a verb or an adjective or a noun? It's a noun, and it's like, um, like I said, it started with like mostly like it being derogatory, and now people will say like, oh, like I'm totally simping over this person, and that's just like I'm just having a little crush, and I'm just I'll, I'll, I would like yeah. I would not hang out with like the bros obsessed with. to go to go hang out with this person. Yeah, I guess it's like an obsession. Not really though. <laughs> I wish this was a visual medium because yeah. I I want pictures of Raju's <laughs> curmudgeon faces. Like hey, whatever, <laughs> stupid word. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like there. I mean, if there was like an arc, like it came from somewhere. It sure. I'm sure like it did. It, it, it always does. But that's why like, always know the origin. Urban yeah, maybe. has all the I don't answers. Know. Oh yeah, uh, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. yeah, okay. It comes maybe from that's somewhere. the bonus bonus round from a rap song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. from a rap song. Wow, blame the music. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> okay, the next one is um, I just wrote main character, but I guess it's also called main character syndrome and an unreasonable, overinflated sense of self. I, I just think it's like maybe telling, you know, may, main character syndrome is just being like telling your story. Like from all from. Like you just it's it's got to you've got to be the main character. 
and you you notice that in other people like oh that person's <laughs> okay I was just gonna say so I was just gonna say whiteness. That's what it feels <laughs> like to me. Mm-hmm. So I just real quick. Yeah. So it's actually like that's how it's said. Like if I was gonna say in the sentence, I would actually say I've heard, you're such a main character. I'll give an example. I've heard actually someone put it on my Instagram. Is it from used correctly? Yeah. I posted this thing from when I was in Rome, and they said main character moment right here. So my guess then it would be like a social media thing, like a, like a, like a certain pose, like a, the superhero pose, <laughs> like the triumphant, like he, you know, look at me, I'm thriving, mm-hmm. kind of like that, that kind of thing. Okay. Did everyone go? Yes. Okay. So, um, no, it's not any of those things. It's it's like it actually started with a trend on TikTok, I think, where. People were saying like, like I'm just I'm a main character and everyone else is just like a secondary character in in the movie of my life, dude. That's what I said. Yeah, but, I said an over an unreasonable overinflated sense of self. You've said that, but it's not really what it is. It's just that's like, what you just described. It's it's different than that. I I think I hear the difference. I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to be the adult in the room. Yo, that's that's oh bully in the room. Oh my god! I, I think I think it should be said. I don't think we've said this in the episode, but uh, Rajiv and Sila they're, they're related. Rajiv and Sila's uh, uncle. So I just uh, you know, it's in case some of you and this family, like, by the way, is one of the most competitive families <laughs> I have ever known. And oh, yeah. so we we have a history of back and forth banter. <laughs> yeah. Well, to each their own, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, the next one is <laughs> Hashtag uh, Can we make that a poll somewhere? But you don't think yeah. you don't think that could be a healthy did, did, attitude to have, Rashid? It's Rasheed? a healthy like, thing. It's like, not I'm like the main it's character. not like they're not like saying oh, yeah, like, you, Oh, I'm so blah blah blah. And that's why she said it's like oh, a main character. So, so yeah. my connotation was negative. But but the, And this is it's the the slang is meant in a positive like way to live your best way. life, right? Yeah, totally. way to live your best life. I'm and all, the, the, I'm it, all can't, about it could that. be that, unhealthy. That's an important but, distinction. I mean, like, like I the example I gave, she was just like, "Oh, you're just yeah, living your best life," or you're like, "This is like what someone in a movie would do. A main character in a movie would go to Rome." So I'm gonna say like, "You're having a main character moment." Right yeah, now. I, I I get all that. Oh, really? Thanks. Okay. But Just yeah, I, sure. I, I, the nuance mm-hmm. as far as the connotation, that is true. Mine was negative. Rajiv conceding. Put this in the books. Right. <laughs> conceding. It's just a fact. <laughs> I had a negative connotation. Okay. The next one is a trend that's on TikTok. And I want you guys to tell me what you think it is. Like what entails, like what do you, what's the trend about? It's called devious licks. <laughs> and it's not sexual. <laughs> Don't ask these people. Sila, I'm so glad you're here. Usually it's just Listen me. to this segment from a previous episode on bad advice column. <laughs> this fits right in there. Oh my god. Did you say devious licks? Yep. Oh. That means like a really good song. Nope. Like wicked good song. Devious licks. That guitar lick was amazing. It's a, oh. It's a trend. Oh, just licking r- strange things. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
is Stranger Licks. Do that. I'm but still there's the next, there's the next TikTok trend, Stranger Licks. Oh my God. You sound dumb. <laughs> Comes naturally. Oh, God. Devious Licks. Um, I have no idea. I, look, your aunt is right. I, yeah, nothing I say will be appropriate. So we'll just move on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I know this one, I think. Oh, come on, oh, Jeff. Okay. The, uh, it's a theft. So, like, the in schools, they'll be devious licks, so they'll take something important, like a paper towel, like paper towel roll or dispenser or the soap. This has happened at my kid's school. And then, like, I know that on TikTok, there was, like, a list of what they were going to do each month to, like, be devious. And one of them was actually assault on teacher. And I don't know how many of that actually happened. But, yeah, so they they, they steal something and do something devious uh that's that's my pretty sure i'm right but we'll see yeah yeah and i you're right and i didn't even know about this until well luke zimmerman who was a guest on the first guest on my podcast his partner was talking to me and they go on tiktok all the time and they were just talking about at youth group these kids were like oh yeah like they just stole like a whole bathroom stall from my school. Like it's it's getting really crazy and people are stealing like like traffic lights and stuff. So it, it's totally just like they'll be like, who wants to go on a devious like with me? And then they'll record themselves like stealing something. So am I hearing it's devious lick lick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I mean, it's. Kind of going back to our conversation, the the administrators, at least in my school context that I'm aware of with my kids, is that they're handling this poorly. So, like, one of the licks that happened at my kid's school was the soap. So, they don't even provide soap for them anymore. They have to take the soap with them. So, and then in some schools, I've I've read that they're just taking out the stalls altogether. So, yeah. now, like, kids like that are at school, like, no privacy when they use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Like, the way the administration is handling it is basically like, well, we don't want anything taken, so we're going to take it away first, which is mm-hmm. the Terrible. dumbest, stupidest thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes me want to steal things. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, like stealing like <laughs> toilet paper and soap, I can see that happening. How do you steal a whole stall and get away with that? People, oh, uh, they also steal toilets. That's a thing. Like, uh, actually, that was what the youth group people were saying. They were like, yeah, they keep stealing toilets. Well, I mean, if a generation can do that and get away with it, maybe they are the key to the future. <laughs> they're definitely not millennials. <laughs> hey, they're bringing a screwdriver to take a toilet off and not a gun yeah. like go for it you know? totally <laughs> yeah 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 I, I, I couldn't dismantle a toilet so good on you there like you know teach well, me especially <laughs> the kind commercial kind where it's like yeah attached right to the pipe but but then taking pictures of yourself doing it and posting it isn't mm-hmm. that isn't that what makes it yeah. the devious lick yeah Wait a that's minute. the devious lick factor mm-hmm. yeah, so, so then don't you just hand that to the cops you could exactly yeah yeah. But they're overwhelmed. Like they know that nothing's going to happen unless they unless it mm. goes viral. And they probably just post fine. it and then it goes away mm-hmm. like on yeah, yep. something where it's yeah. Oh, like Snapchat or whatever that thing is. I like this game. Yeah, you're winning. <laughs> yeah, you're winning. <laughs> Look, I it's, thought it's I was making me with it's that. like what's what's going on with Jeff over there? I know. Well, he has kids. He has kids. Are, yeah, that's the thing. Is that- True. Is that the and I I do watch TikTok a lot. I watch, like well, I'm yeah. very I don't have TikTok, curious but... about 
yeah. generations coming up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I try to, too, at least, but that's all. I'll, I just look at it analytically. Like, I'm just, just like, okay, so what's going on here? But I'm not on it enough to know all these things. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked Sila. <laughs> All right. Well, Sila, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please don't forget to check out her podcast, The Arriving. Link in the show notes. If you're searching for it in your podcast app, no space between the and arriving. Make sure you find it. It's it's really, really well done. So that'll do it for us. And uh, if you enjoy Irenacast and you would like to join the work that we are doing, please consider donating to our PayPal link at irenacast.com slash PayPal. Uh, we're committed to keeping the show for free for listeners, but there are costs involved and your financial support helps. That's irenacast.com slash PayPal. Irenacast is also a nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. You can also support the show by simply making sure you follow, making sure you follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And if the platform allows it, please leave a rating and or review. So, for this week, I'm Jeff. I'm Bonnie. I'm Casey. And this is Rajiv. Oh, and this is Sila. <laughs> Thanks for joining the conversation. 